and welcome to the very 147th episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. A podcast that this week is about one board game and one role-playing game. But before we talk about those games, let me introduce uh, Ava Foxfort, who's also here. Hi, I'm Ava Foxfort. Hi, Ava Foxfort. How does it feel to be on this 147th episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast? uh tired but good like there's been like a quite a long run-up to us actually getting to record these these two games um but i'm really excited about both of them they're games that i actually really quite like so and they're so different from each other i think we should have put out our conversation before as a standalone episode really like if we were recording the listeners would have loved to have heard we talked about biker grove and its surrealist ending we talked a little bit about the prisoner and the rover and the big white ball from the prisoner we talked about kids tv show my parents are aliens it was a real blender of, of british culture real blender i think american culture and then a bit of american culture no no we had something for the americans because we had like a brief chat about the beach boys and <laughs> we particularly talked... the track kokomo <laughs> we talked a lot about how to the listeners at home the beach boys song kokomo would make a great board game where you could go to all the different places mentioned in kokomo uh and everything you, you know, have to do has to rhyme with the place that you're going to so asmodee you... give us a call <laughs> We've got a we've got a solid idea. Imagine if that's like where we transition out of board games, out of board game reporting into board games actually making them. And our first hot board game is is the Beach Boys Kokomo licensed board game. <laughs> People would be like, "Wow, Matt it's and struck gold with those wants, two. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's what, it's what the people really are wants. clamoring for. Let's give the people what they want. We're going to give the people what they want by not talking any more about Kokomo. Instead, we're going to talk about two games on this podcast. We're going to talk about Bullet Heart from Level 99 Games, a game about shooting them up. And then we're going to talk about Teeth, Knight of the Hogmen, a one-shot RPG preview of the Teeth system. Is that correct? I think that's about right, yeah. I don't think that's we know exactly right. what the T-System looks like, but we've had these little preview things released, and we're going to talk about one of them. Let's go. Let's go. That's how it goes. That's how the sting goes. First up on this podcast, we're going to talk about Bullet Heart. This is a board game published by Level 99 Games and designed by Joshua Van Lanningham. And basically, it's a board game that is emulating a kind of video game, but then it's been made back into that video game by playing it digitally through TTS. So it's a board game emulating a video game that's then being made back into a board game that we're then playing digitally as a video game. And to be clear, like this isn't just that it's been turned into a video game because tabletop simulator is all video games. Like this video game, this uh, this TTS mod is so heavily scripted that it is like playing a video game. You just click things and click things and you don't have to do any of the kind of like fiddling around operation that is part of what makes tabletop simulator feel slightly more board gamey but also more weird and it is yeah. just like click click things happen it does all of the things the whole thing's been programmed so it really is a video game but the kind of video game that it's emulating is sort of trying to uh, emulate a bullet hell or shoot 'em up style uh, arcade game where you are a little often in these games you're like a little spaceship and there's loads of bullets raining down on you and you've got to dodge and weave your way through them um, in reality though i think the game has a lot more in common with like candy crush or like those sort of match tile games but we'll get into that 
let me explain how it works to the people. Uh, each round uh, of bullet is a three-minute real-time puzzle where you're pulling bullets, which are these coloured discs, out of a bag and putting them onto your player board, which is like a grid of circles. Now, these discs are all coloured, and each colour is going to tell you which column that disc is going to go in. So a red is one of the colours of column, and if it's a three red, it's going to go on the third spot down in the red column. However... If there's something in any of the spaces that you would be counting, you push that disc further down your, your grid. So if you drew that red three, but there's already something in the red one and two spaces, you'd not count either of them, and you'd start counting from space number three, so it'd end up in the third, fourth, fifth space down. And what this means is that if anything ends up on the very bottom of your grid, then you take a damage, and a certain amount of damage, and you'll lose the game. And that damage is persistent between rounds, and it's generally last person standing wins. But how do you stop this from happening? How do you stop all of these uh, damages going into your grid? Uh, well, you want to clear stuff from your board, which you'll do by spending some of your very restricted action points each round. You start with like seven of them, um, and you can spend them to move your tokens around. Usually it costs you one point to move them horizontally or down, or two points to move them back up, or some characters, and we'll get to those later, let you move diagonally or all kinds of other things. But why do you want to move these things? You've also got a set of cards in front of you. And if you manage to make the patterns displayed on those cards, then you clear some bullets and make some room. So there might be one that has three in, uh, in a cross formation, and then it will destroy like the certain bullets if you get them in that specific pattern. Wow, I did a bad job of explaining that. But basically, you've got to line things up perfectly, specific kinds of bullets, colors of bullets, uh, into specific ways to get them to trigger and clear them. And any bullets that you clear go into your opponent's bag for the next round, and you keep going until someone is out. Uh, and the last wrinkle, which I should explain, is that there are unique player characters. Each one is sort of pleasingly diverse. They've got their own special abilities. Uh, there's a bunch of different weird mechanics if you like the system and that's bullet and it's i think pretty all right i i think i have a feeling that i like this more than you um i think that there's there's some really there's some like really clever gentle stuff in here like the core puzzle is simple enough that you can get it across but the amount of variety ordered offered by the different characters that you can be is is huge like the number of rules that get bent like everyone has like a special ability and you look at that and you're like okay this is going to be a bit different but actually those basic moves like the way you can move pieces on the board can be entirely different depending on who you are playing as and that is that is smart and and nice and the game has a lot in common with something like Tash Kalar, which is another game where you're placing things or placing tokens onto a board, trying to make particular shapes so that you can attack certain spaces. Um, but by making it all a bit more focused on what you're doing yourself, but with this huge amount of like, it's like those uh, multiplayer Tetris games where like the more stuff you clear, the more stuff you'll be giving to your opponent. So there's mm. a real possibility of like ramping things up and pushing things at your opponent but then this weird rhythm where if i've sent you a load of stuff that means you're going to have a really hard round but if you survive that round 
uh, by not having too many things drop to the bottom and go along and, and take out your life. If you survive that round, the only way you will have survived that round is if you've cleared a load of bullets off your board, which means that I'm then going to be having a really rough round where I've got far mm. too many things to deal with. Like there's a very closed economy in the game where bullets are added every single round and bullets never really leave the game or there's a very limited way, number of ways in which uh, bullets can leave the game. So it's always escalating. And that's one of the things that it does that captures the feel of that kind of like intense shoot 'em up thing is that things are always going to be getting harder and harder and harder. And it's just like, it's a good learning curve for new people. Um, the time pressure is really stressful, but you can play it without a timer and then it becomes like almost meditative. Um, and it's still pretty quick. Like there's still a limit to what you can do each round. So it's not like taking out the timer means that you can't do anything. Um, and just the people I played it with have all been like, oh, oh, that's quite nice. And for a game that you can drop in front of people and pay for like 10 minutes per game, like it's not a long game to play and you will be able to play several things in a session, mix up the characters, find out that some things are more complicated than others, find out who you like from the characters. And, and then there's a whole load of stuff that I haven't even looked at, which is like there's a co-op mode, there's a team mode, I think, and there's a solo mode. There's the boss rush mode. Yeah. It's, very, it's very video games. Yeah, it's all very, <laughs> very, very video games. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't think it's like world changing. I don't think that it's something that like everyone should rush out and get immediately because, uh, you're guaranteed a wonderful, amazing time. I just think it's, it's solid. It's nice. Um, and yeah, I've enjoyed every game of it quite a lot. Really? Cause I, I always think that I'm not desperate to come back to it. Like I've played it a couple times now and each time that I've played it, I've gone like, yeah, that was, that was pleasant. And we got, you know, I was going to try and get an actual physical copy of this and you were disappointed that I actually didn't end up going for the, the physical version. I just settled for playing it digitally because I think the digital adaptation is, is giving me everything I need from this game. I don't think I really am seeking to, to own a copy. I think it's just nice and pleasant. And I think one of the things is that I've got a lot of room for games that are like nice and pleasant, introduce people, get people into the hobby. But I do think there's a thing that we haven't talked about and it's the theming of the game is very anime uh it's a level 99 games game so of course that's what it's going to be um but it's not i i was i was trying to justify this when i was talking to matt and quinn's about it the theming on this game isn't egregiously anime in a way that i find distracting but it's a little bit like matt always talks about games like brass or games like wavelength games that you'd actually have on display in your house that would fit in a sort of stylish home uh, this isn't one of those games put it that way uh <laughs> it's quite loud and very neon <laughs> yeah it's a bit loud and it's a bit neon i will say that like some of the character design doesn't lean on the worst habits of that sort of style um and yeah, i can agree with that and has like quite a big amount of diversity like it's got one of like i think i know of i think this is the third time i've seen a uh, wheelchair user in a board game which is like i shouldn't be able to count on one hand how many of those i've seen right how because like sure sure and it's it's got a wheelchair user in it and that's really good and there's an amount of diversity and yeah it's all a bit it is still quite cliche but it's not it's not at least 
like um i don't think it's very objectifying even though no. all of the all of the cast are heroines and um are women or girls and uh it's not done in a horrible way which is nice <laughs> um <laughs> and yeah there's a bit of diversity there which is also nice and yeah i don't know i think some people will want to jump on this because it's uh simple enough solid enough and if you like the aesthetic and if you are interested in something fast-paced and quick um as a functional little filler for your collection like something that you're not going to be able to you're not going to get months and months of constant play out of this i i've got it i bought it like you know i was willing to put money down on this you to went find for out it. what it was like and go for it on the basis of the fact that Sometimes you want to play a little thing in between a couple of other games and you want it to be simple and fun and a bit unique. And this is all of those things. Like it's doing something that no other game is doing. The closest I can come to thinking about it is Tashkalar. Um, and it does it quick and fast and funnily. And yeah, I respect that. I think we also differ maybe on whether you should play this game with the time limit. And I think I realized why I like playing it with the time limit, because I actually, before this podcast, I went loaded up the TTS mod and played it on my own to refresh my brain as to how that works. And I think without the time limit, I found it that you start realizing that oftentimes whether or not you can make a pattern is a lot down to luck and making it frantic hides some of that like lack of actual meaningful decision space, maybe. But I, I, I found it because I played it without the time limit and i found myself just often pulling a load of things from the bag and going well can't really do much with that time to end the round <laughs> yeah. start it over again and that like a lot of that depends on which character you've picked and and things like that like i do agree that i think you probably should play with the time limit if you can it's just that there is the option to do it meditatively and play it a little bit calmer and have a bit more time yeah. to think and it becomes a slightly different game and depending on which character you've picked that will be more fun or less fun and mm. i think they that is one of the big criticisms that i would have of it is like some of the characters are like definitively more interesting than others some of the characters are like definitively easier or harder than the others and yeah. um i think as long as you are excited by the fact that they've got different mechanics and they'll be playing in a different ways and you can work out who your favorite is and you can you can mix around with that that's great if you are interested in that sort of like taking a puzzle and turning it into a different puzzle um and there's quite a few in the box um mm. and i probably don't want to have to spring for an expansion to expand that anymore <laughs> um but like yeah there's a bit of variety in there that variety is not consistent i would say like particularly sure. some of the ones that it recommends you play within your first game are actually just like too close to the core game Whereas someone else might be playing with something complicated and having to do like, oh, and that's another thing is there is like some of the some of the characters have like <laughs> have to do maths, right? So you've got a three minute time <laughs> limit that is for pulling stuff out and pulling stuff down. If you've then got to add up whenever you clear bullets, you've got to check the numbers on them or you've yeah. got to make sure that you've got things exactly. And that sort of difficulty can be really frustrating if you're looking to play this game but there's enough characters that you're not going to have to experience that it's just that you may sometimes find that people bounce off a particular thing and yeah 
I don't know where I'm getting at with that, but it's not like, I don't want to come off as like, oh my God, this is amazing. You'll love it. You have to go out and buy it. I just think it's solid and weird. And honestly, (laughs) solid and weird is like kind of what I'm looking for a lot of the time. I think it's, I think it's solid and fine. I think it's fine and weird. Fine and weird. I'll put it, I'll put it a branch below solid and go for fine and weird. That's, that's our ultimate. Well, that's, that's my stamped score. If you could put it on a seal on the box, it would say, <laughs> that's a pull quote, fine and weird, Tom Brewster shut and sit fine down. And, and then right below, it says, solid and weird, Ava Fox Fort <laughs> shut and sit down. <laughs> Tell us about teeth. Teeth, 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 teeth. We don't actually know what teeth is. <laughs> but... <laughs> We don't teeth. know what teeth are. <laughs> we don't know what and teeth are. We need are. to remove them. <laughs> we need to find out because there's something in my mouth and I don't know <laughs> what it is. Uh, teeth is a forthcoming RPG uh, made by Jim Rossinol and Marsh Davis, uh, exploring a historical portion of, or a fictional historical portion of Northern England where something horrible has happened. Um, we don't really know the story of this, but there's a made-up town called Gatlock where something bad has happened and everywhere around there has got weird. Um, it's a forged in the dark game, which means it's using some of the systems from Blades in the Dark, uh, but it's taken those and I think mostly streamlined them and tried to bring them into a different setting in a different place. Now, I haven't played Teeth, but what I have played is one of the preview modules for this. Um, I GM'd a game of Night of the Hogmen. Uh, which is a little module that is kind of introducing the mechanics and the ideas of teeth in like a little bite-sized, one-sized format. One-sized? <laughs> bite-sized. bite-sized. <laughs> uh, yeah, and this one-shot format was great. And basically, uh, the main reason I want to talk about this is that like this has given me what I've been looking for from RPGs for a very long time. Um, which may well be there in loads of other places already. But this was the first time I came across something that I felt like I had a book. It was the size of a little zine. Like it was just uh, 23 pages of rules plus some character sheets. Um, And it all came... I've only got a PDF of it. I don't know if there's a print version of it available yet. But um, And it was just a little thing that I could read through and read through as I was running it, like read through it again as I was running it and just make the stuff up and just be like, everything's there in this little tiny book. So Night of the Hogmen is the story of a group of strangers who are taking a coach down from uh, Carlisle down to London, I believe, or maybe Manchester. And on the way, the cart gets overturned and they are put into a stormy night in the middle of the night and they realize that they are being chased by pigs and hogmen which are these Mm. out of sight monsters monstrous beasts that are following you and like you mostly are encouraged to get this across by making like just making horrible noises and just routinely saying (laughs) the hogmen are coming (laughs) um and 
and it's great the 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 game sets up this scene like there's a script to read for the beginning portion of it um which basically sets up the scene has the people gives people the opportunity to inter- interact with each other then you flip the you flip the coach over and they are left there on a bridge and some horrible stuff starts happening and you make it clear what their goal is which is to get to a uh, church that they can see in the distance and it makes you clear what the path is and it makes it clear that you don't really have any option other than to follow that path because coming from the other direction is a mass of noise and pork. Um, (laughs) Honestly, the game is, it's just, it's really nicely put together. Um, uh, it does require you as a GM to be able to like come up with a lot of stuff on the fly, but it gives you a, a lot of prompts and a lot of ideas for where you should be taking that. Um, and obviously, you've got to respond to uh, the people in front of you. Um, the main systems involved in it is uh, you you're supposed to paste put a bit of paper in the middle, and there's a printout for this that gives you two clocks that you will slowly fill in, um, which are called respectively the Hogstomp. Hogstorm proximity clock <laughs> and the hog siege preparedness clock and Very basically good. yeah and basically like every time you delay every time you waste time you fill in the hogstorm proximity and every time you get uh, more prepared you find resources of any kind that will be useful at, like what is you know is going to be an a siege in the church tower where you are hoping to ring the bell and summon help and survive until dawn. Like the, every time you do that, you, you fill in a bit on the clock, uh, the hog siege preparedness clock. Um, and at the end, you're essentially just like the more you've got in the right thing, the more likely the ending is to be not horrible. <laughs> like the further away <laughs> the pigs are and the more prepared you are, the more likely it is that the ending will be not horrible it sounds like that that ticking clock element gives you a real thrust for like getting the players to where you need them to go by the end of the story and also for creating like actual horror right (laughs) yeah like it's just it's very very clear um there's very very clear direction to what you're supposed to be doing like it's very obvious like these two clocks are basically the entirety of it so you know that you're always making a choice between wasting time and finding resources finding things that will will help you and so every decision has got like a really clear like abstracted but direct and in front of you symbol of what you should be doing Mm. um and you've got this perfect source of tension because just whenever people are taking too long, you can just be like, you can kind of hear the noise a bit louder. There's some weird oink- oinking going on. Like, <laughs> the, the, you can, there's a flash of lightning and you can see the silhouette of something in the distance. And like, it's so easy to give people the triggers they need for mm. that kind of horror. Um, the horror doesn't, I, I mine ended up going a bit like, full-on body horror at times um but there isn't too much like intense psychological stuff so you can be fairly confident that if people are up for a game called night of the hogmen where they're being chased by pigs they know immediately what is going to be horrible Mm. and you can attenuate how gory you are in your descriptions to the group that you're playing with um the systems are really simple they've stripped down 
um the forged in the dark thing their blades in the dark thing just to the smallest level possible so you've got four skills um and it's a simple role system against them there's stuff you're always doing the thing where you're negotiating before people do something whether something is uh controlled risky and desperate and whether you're going to have much of odds of being able to do it so there's there's a bit of back and forth about exactly what people are doing an opportunity for people to decide to do something cleverer or that will work better um there is what is the other main system that i uh liked in this um it's got the hogs the hogs are just great (laughs) um uh injury is faintly terrifying um i will say that like i always find um representations of uh mental health and madness in inverted commas in games like a little bit problematic um and this doesn't avoid that completely it's got a hysteria system that means that like once you've used up all of your guts which is the limited resource that you can spend to kind of make your situation better um Mm. and one of the things that you will start taking damage to eventually um once you've run out of guts you either you you have to pick a hysteria um which is manic laughter wild panic awful savagery absurd recklessness or abject terror um which Mm. are at least like all things that could authentically be experienced in this kind of horrific location but I would rather things not be built on... I don't know. I, so it can be a bit difficult when things are based around madness and mental health. Sure. Um, the thing that's nice about it is that it doesn't keep the thing from Blades of the Dark of Blades in the Dark. It doesn't keep... The thing that I like about it, it doesn't keep the entirety of the thing in Blades in the Dark where you're allowed to have a flashback to set up the current moment. Um, it doesn't have that idea that like, ah, okay, let's go back to see what you're preparing what you prepared for this but that's because this isn't a heist right this isn't supposed Mm. to be like a heist movie where you can get around an obstacle by the fact that you flash to a different scene where two days earlier you bribed the guard in question or came up with a clever way to get around this system Um, but what it does do is it has this thing where at the beginning of the game uh, you get a tiny amount of time to go through your luggage um, and it says that you find three things out of your luggage um to keep and use for the journey but it does the really nice thing that blades in the dark do if it doesn't you don't have to choose what you picked then um Mm. you've just got this big list of items that were in your luggage and you uh, three times during the game will be able to tick off one of those things and uh say that that was the thing that you got from the luggage so you still have a bit of this like weird out of time narrative-y uh wobble to it um and the ability to kind of like bend reality to be able to make something more interesting because yeah you'll have picked exactly the right things for your journey um and all of it is tied up in the fact that it's a one shot um you know that these characters are only going to be for this particular game um and this particular session which means that you don't have the thing you normally have of people failing to use temporary resources because they assume that there's always going to be a time later when it's worth it because they know that everything's pretty finite. And um, yeah, I really liked it. It sounds good. It sounds like something that's that's for the a relative lack of preparation, you get an awful lot out of it because of the way that design is 
is bounding you into doing things immediately, I guess. It sounds like it's been designed for immediacy, designed for directness almost to pull you into that world and then have you do an adventure in it that's not really an adventure at all but more a horrible night that you just want to end yeah um i'm I'm excited i want to give that a go (laughs) yeah no i mean i'm up for i'm up for running it again like which i think is probably the best compliment you can give a one shot type thing right is that i've played it and i've run it and now I'm like, do you know what? I would be well up for doing that again. There's a couple of like, there's at least, there's one big like branching moment. Um, but it also does just say, like it's got a load of incidents that you can choose if they want to happen or not. Um, and possible mm. things to kind of lay on the on the route. Um, but a lot of them are kind of like a bit bare bones in the detail. So it gives you like what the core kind of question of that place is going to be. But it doesn't, give you everything like you've still got to use your imagination to fill in some of those gaps and that means that as the second session or a session run by a different gm is going to be quite different i would really like in fact to um get recommendations for other other one shot type things like this that really really do a good job of setting up the um the first game that you play of something that make it so that that first game you like i i really i don't play as many rpgs as i would like um and the main reason for that is that i buy rpgs all of the time and i buy these wonderful books that have got so much stuff in them and so much promise but there's so many rules and there's so many systems and there's so many things that those books ask you to take on board that I get to a point about a third or two thirds through the book where I'm like, oh no, I couldn't possibly understand all this and I don't know how I'm going to be Mm. able to run it well. Whereas because this has stripped things down to 23 pages of rules, um, most of which isn't the rules, it's the actual situation that you're going through. Every one of those 23 pages is useful and practical and actually gives you information about how you're going to feed into this thing. Um, but also it was just the right amount to be able to like I've made a cheat sheet that's got the key rules that I needed to know on a single A4 page like complete notes to all of those rules things so that I could just have the PDF open and be scrolling through that for the narrative stuff without having to think about it yeah and like for me role-playing games I want them to be about telling weird stories creating weird atmospheres and listening to people come up with silly ideas and ways of dealing with the situation and this just brushed apart everything that got in the way of that and got in the way not in terms of practical terms but just got away in terms of um in terms of my confidence in terms of my willingness to be Mm. like do you know what i can do this um and yeah i i would like to see more of that so if people have got recommendations please drop them in the comments um of the on the shut up and sit down website because i will be trawling through them for recommendations because i want to see more stuff like this because i think it would get me doing more role playing which is something that i've wanted to do a lot more of for the last um all my life i don't know i don't i can't remember <laughs> like since i was playing fighting fantasy books uh, uh, when i was seven <laughs> i think i wanted to be i've wanted to be playing more role-playing games and i've struggled to make it happen and this was the easiest session that i've had <laughs>
That'll do us for this episode of the Shut Up and Sit Down podcast. You'll be able to find us again next week talking about more board games. But before you leave and we come back to tell you about board games, this week we put up a video asking the good public to donate to Shut Up and Sit Down in our twice yearly... Do we do it twice a year? I don't know. I haven't worked here very long. Our twice yearly donation drive. If you fancy kicking us a bit of cash to help us do this as well as we do it, wow, and I'm doing it badly right now, (laughs) I'm going to start this all over again. (laughs) If you fancy giving Shut Up and Sit Down some financial support this year, then you can donate to us at www.shutupandsitdown.com slash donate. You can donate all kinds of tiers. You can do one-off donations. You can give us some money to keep telling you about board games i'm really worried convincing i'm really worried you're gonna donate now i'm really worried it sounds like you are gonna donate tears as in we're asking people to kind of cry into a bucket and then (laughs) pour it over their computer we're not to be clear there are various levels at which you can fund things i'm still a subscriber do you know you know i still donate I, I, I don't know how to cancel my donation which isn't to say that it's not easy and you can do it at any time uh, you can. I just haven't because I like getting that newsletter, even though I now write the newsletter. That's really silly, isn't it? Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And we will see you again, hear you again, see you again next week. Bye. 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 Didn't make any sense. <laughs> I'll see you again. <laughs> hear you again, <laughs> see you again. We won't do any of those things. <laughs>